Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. I'm Roger Sierra. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a pretty interesting top 10, which, by the way, happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Hope you guys are having a good Valentine's Day. And we hope that your Valentine's Day does not end this particular way, the list we were fixing to talk about. And today it's 10 (laughs) times, hold on, 10 times Valentine's Day led to murder. Okay, so. Even though St. Valentine's Day has some shady and dark origins to it, it's widely thought as a celebration of love. Many people will spend the day or night together sharing a romantic meal. Oh, and don't forget the chocolates, the flowers, the jewelry that will be given. In 2022, people will spend $1.6 billion on candy. $1.9 billion on flowers, and $4.4 billion on diamonds, gold, and silver, all for the sake of love. You know who's not going to spend any of that money? This guy. (laughs) But what happens when love goes too far? For the victims of these Valentine's Day killers, the answer was murder. Uh, Which one of you guys want to kick it off tonight? Uh, I will. Okay. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about a, a guy by the name of John Hamilton. You almost said gentleman, didn't you? I almost did. <laughs> I mean, he could have been a gentleman at one point. He could have been a gentleman before he, he uh, went off the deep end. Right, maybe. <clears throat> uh, so anyway, um, Forensic Files actually covered this on the 16th episode of their 10th season. Mm-hmm. Um. And so on Valentine's Day of 2001, highly respected OBGYN John Hamilton discovered his wife dead on their home's bathroom floor. She had been strangled and beaten. At first, authorities thought the murder was tied to the anti-abortion hate group, quote unquote, the Army of God. However, Mm -hmm. as time passed, suspicion of John Hamilton only grew. Mostly when prosecutors learned that Hamilton's wife, Susan, had threatened to divorce him. Hmm. Hmm. So crime scene investigators and blood splatter expert Tom Bevel later debunked Hamilton's story of discovering Susan's dead body. Bevel claimed the blood splatter on Hamilton's shirt was consistent with Hamilton committing the crime himself. Prosecutors also brought to light a possible affair between John Hamilton and a topless dancer. Mm. Hmm. Um, During the trial, Hamilton testified in his defense, claiming that he was covered in blood due to CPR he performed on his wife. When the trial was over, it took the jury only two hours to reach a verdict. And John Hamilton was convicted of the murder and sentenced to life in prison without parole. That's crazy. So, uh, wow. uh, what what are you guys' thoughts on this one? I mean, I mean, anytime you know you're going through any type of marital dispute, uh, you know, the thing is that. Well, okay, let's take this by levels. The, the, the fact that the, the man's, you know, the first is like, oh, the authorities believe that it was tied to an anti-abortion hate group called the Army of God. Um, 
I, I, don't, I don't know what God they believe in, but, my, you know, my God believes in love. But that's for a different discussion for a different day. Um, I, I do find it interesting that, you know, he's because the, the, the forensics said that because the way the blood splatter was is that it debunks the debunks, you know, the discovery of the body. But you would think if you're trying to give somebody CPR, your blood would be the blood would be more soaked into the, you know, it'd be more all over the shirt instead of just splattered. You see what I'm saying? Uh, not to mention the fact that her husband, which here's the thing, her husband was creeping on her with a topless dancer. So, yeah, allegedly. obviously, she, allegedly, but I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, threatening with divorce and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that would he, maybe he was under the impression that, you know, maybe his you know, life would be compromised in, in, in a sense, you know, or whatever. Like, you know, maybe they, he, maybe he didn't sign a prenup and he was going to have to give her half or he's like, Nope, you ain't getting half my money or whatever. I don't know. Um, it's just throwing it out there. What about you, Raj? Um, I mean, my thing is it only took him two hours to convict him. So that means they had to have like beyond concrete evidence against him. Cause, yeah, he had a bunch of blood on him, and they could say that the splatter didn't like it was inconsistent or something like that. Um, we don't know for sure, but I mean, killing somebody and then trying to get away with it is so stupid because you're pretty much always going to get caught when you call them. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking. It was stupid. I'd rather go through the divorce than murder somebody because I mean that's just too much work. It's not right. worth it, you know. Right. I mean, look at think think about it this way. I guarantee you, you go through the divorce, even if you have to give her half, even if you owe her alimony, even if you do this and that, guess what? At least you get to go to bed and wake up when you want to and not when the warden tells you to, you know, I mean. Or when Steve underneath you tells you to. Yeah. Or Bubba says, come here, I want my payment. You got a honey bun, you know, but that's a different story for a different day. Yeah. uh, You said that, uh, he didn't want his money to be compromised. I mean, well, it's just a. I mean, it's just a theory. Well, no, no, no. His money got compromised because he ain't getting it no more. Of course, <laughs> definitely got compromised. Um, yeah, but, but then again, like, I guess when when, when people are putting them situations, they just so irrational. You know, they. I guess he was angry. I, I, I for whatever reason because of the divorce, and maybe that's what set him over the edge to the point where he wasn't even thinking about the, well, the divorce is alleged. Well, the, yeah, well, the divorce is alleged. Yeah. Well, look, really, I mean, this whole story is alleged. The only difference is, is that, yeah, his wife, Susan, is dead. And, you know, golly, that's... I mean, he was convicted by a period of his... Uh, a, a period of his jeers? <laughs> yes, that's what I was going to say. A period of his jeers. We'll put that on a t-shirt. Uh, All a right. jury of his peers. There you go. That is 12, true. Twelve got him. Yeah, twelve got him. All right, so let's move on to the next one. You want to take this one, Raj? Sure, I'll take this one. Okay. Um, Number nine on the list is Gibson Paul. Uh, In 2011, a breakup between Gibson Paul and then-girlfriend Tomika Peterson led to her untimely death. That Valentine's evening, uh, Peterson left the apartment she shared with Paul and got into a car with friends. Paul shot the vehicle which contained Tomika Peterson, a female driver, a female passenger, and a three-year-old child. A bullet grazed the female passenger. Tamika Peterson was shot five times and died on the scene. 
Paul acted as his own attorney for the start of trial, later requested a public defender. The state prosecutors originally wanted to pursue the death penalty, but decided to drop the, that option. Paul was sentenced to life in prison plus 35 years for the murder. Hold on. They were going to pursue the death penalty, but dropped it. Why? This man, obviously, like, it's pretty obvious, like, you know, he he tried to kill multiple people there. Like, this man definitely deserved the death penalty. Yeah. Right. Including a three-year-old child. Yeah. That's uh, it, And it, it blows my mind. And the fact that, like, you couldn't even have a conversation, you know, were they having issues? Were was there? Did they get into an argument before you know she left out? Was he upset that she was going to, you know, hang out with her friends instead of hanging out with you know like I, I like you, you really don't know what was going on in the mind, you know. But I do think it, he goes. Paul acted as his own attorney for the first for the start of the trial, then requested a public defender. Um, I can't remember what episode of Law and Order it was, but I think someone said. Any man, any man who is his own attorney has a fool for a client or something along those lines. Um, you know, so then, yeah, I mean, let's get a public defender because obviously, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So, you know, give me a public defender. But then, you know, but then when they when they said that the state prosecutors originally wanted to pursue the death penalty, like that's a clear cut case because I think they I think it's the way it is in Texas right now. Excuse me. Um that if more, that if like two or more people saw see you commit the crime, you don't sit on death row for fifteen years. You just jump straight to the front of the line, you know. And but that's if you get the death penalty, which I don't understand why he wouldn't have gotten the death penalty because he he murdered her in cold blood, you know. I mean, maybe maybe he took a a plea deal or something uh, to to get away from you know the death penalty or whatnot. Maybe. Maybe. Either way, it's, I mean, either way, it's a sad situation, you know? I mean, and then to think, you know, of the trauma, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Tamika Peterson is, you know, Tamika died on the scene. And then the other two women in the car, you know, what they were going through at the time. And, you know, you would think that, oh, was it, was see the baby, was, this is this is 11 years ago. So that, ba- that three-year-old's, you know, 14 now, you know, she might not even have any memory of it, but, you know, still, I mean, it's a scary thing. If you was, imagine being in that car when those shots got fired, you know? Yeah, uh, so it says here that uh, he was actually arrested in Tennessee a day after he allegedly shot and killed uh, Tamika Peterson and wounded another woman. He threatened to kill an officer who tried to arrest him, and in the last 10 years, he has served three prison terms on such charges as uh, battery, auto theft, and weapon charges. Oh, wow. Dang, homie is really trying to draw it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's a no-limit soldier for real. <laughs> yeah. Hey. He ran out. He, he ran out the door with the gun. He said, "No limit, soldier." I thought I told you. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. So crazy. All right, all right. Well, let's move on to the next one. Uh, the next uh, lady on the list is Amanda Michelle uh, Naylor McClure. In that's a hell two- of a name. I know, right? In nineteen, I'm sorry. In 2019, a love triangle <laughs> involving Amanda. Shut up. A love triangle <laughs> involving Amanda McClure, 
her then boyfriend John Thomas McGuire and her father led to a murderous Valentine's Day. Amanda was adopted. Amanda was adopted as a child and had previously reunited with her birth father, Larry McClure, and her sister, Amanda Colhary. I want to say that's how it's pronounced. I might be wrong. Anyway, in February, Larry McClure and his daughter, Anna, picked up Amanda and John McGuire from their in Indiana residence. The group traveled back to Larry's home in West Virginia. While the visit in initially went well, after a week, the father and two daughters began to plot McGuire's murder. What the fuck? On February 14th, John McGuire was stuck with a bottle of was struck with a bottle of wine, injected with methamphetamines, and strangled. The trio, yeah, the trio tortured McGuire for two days before burying him in the backyard. Six days later, they dug up the body, dismembered the remains, and reburied him. The body was not discovered until September 24, 2019. In a strange twist of events, approximately three weeks after the murder, Amanda and her father... What? Yeah, go ahead and read that. Yeah, go finish it up. That. Oh my God. Okay, Sorry. In a strange twist of events, approximately three weeks after the murder, Amanda and her father were married. The reason why she now has the same last name, McClure. In late 2019, they were charged with McGuire's murder. Amanda was sentenced to 40 years in prison. Larry McClure was sentenced to life without mercy. And Anna also received 40 years in prison. What kind of fucking... West Virginia, man. West Virginia, bro. Do it. Oh my god. No, 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 no. No, this wasn't West Virginia. This was Nebraska. No, West Virginia. It says woman marries her dad after boyfriend's torture murder Nebraska dismemberment trial update. The group traveled back to Larry's home in West Virginia. I understand. From West Virginia. Okay, then why does the news articles the, the video on here say Nebraska dismemberment trial? I don't know. I don't know, maybe they held the, the trial in Nebraska. Why the hell would you hold a trial in Nebraska if the shit happened in West Virginia? You know what? It, where McGuire's from. Either okay, then we'll say that. Okay, fine. Either way, these these no, incestuous people, these incestuous people decided to fuck Oh my god. Yeah, okay. I just I just found a unpack uh, this, unpack this. <laughs> I, I just found an article on uh dot com. And it says Welch, West Virginia, Thursday, October 1st, 2020 at 3 p.m. A woman who pleaded guilty to killing her boyfriend is sentenced to prison. According to the McDowell County Prosecutor's Office, Amanda McClure was sentenced to 40 years in prison for the second degree murder of John McGuire. McClure and her father killed her boyfriend by hitting him in the head, injecting him with methamphetamine and then strangling him. After they murdered the boyfriend, McClure and her biological father had sex and four weeks later were married. That's that West Virginia, man. That is just... <laughs> I'm not trying to unravel No, that No, I'm, I'm not... just saying like that is beyond fucking disgusting though, bro. Like... I'm... I'm... I, mean, I agree with you. I'm not offended them at all. I'm not saying you're <laughs> endorsing it. I'm just saying it's fucking disgusting. Yeah, like what the fuck? 
And then, like, you went you went so far, you struck him with the wine bottle, injected him with the methamphetamine, strangled him, you buried his body, and then you dug up his body, dismembered the remains, and then just reburied it? Like, damn. You didn't think to maybe relocate to a different location so no one would be suspicious? Like, the thing but, is, they injected him with meth and strangled him and tortured him, which means he was awake for all that. He probably didn't yep. feel any of it. Yeah. He probably didn't feel anything. If he had so much methamphetamine in the system, he probably didn't feel anything. I mean, he still was probably tortured. And, like, he physically could like, he mentally couldn't feel it, but physically, obviously, his body went through it. But it's still, this, I mean, nothing sounds more West Virginia than that. Like, here's my thing. Just break up with him. Like, also, this happened only three years ago. Three-ish years ago. Yeah. Fucking well, hell, like, dude. Shit like that still happens? Like, come on. Apparently so. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mm. Okay. Look, I could almost overlook it that that they had sex and got married. Had they not. No, no, no. no. I can almost overlook it because she was adopted. And they if they didn't know that they were biological father and daughter, but they clearly knew. Yeah, that's what. So how would they it. not know? Like, they did know. That's why they they reunited. That's why I'm saying. How could they not know? You know, but and like the uh, thing is, she married her biological father. Where was this at? Like, where where did this happen? In West Virginia. West Virginia. I don't think that was legal in West Virginia. I thought like Arizona was the only state that could do that. Well, Arizona's. <laughs> We all know Arizona's been very liberal with some of their laws. Uh, Public Enemy wrote a whole damn song about it. You mean very conservative? Conservative. I don't know why I said liberal. Conservative. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, whoa. Like, uh, they arrest you for being brown sometimes. So, I mean, (laughs) right? Hey, come on, guys. I'm trying here. Damn. (laughs) Hey, it's okay. All right. You're a little little thrown off from this story. We get it. It just. Fuck. You marry your dad? What the fuck? Three like, weeks after meeting him and planning the murder of your boyfriend, which still doesn't make sense at all. Like, really, just why break did up you with him? Yeah, just why? break up with him. Like, yeah. if you, if you, if you, if if uh, break up with him. Let's let's move on. Next, it, it's just like a bunch of this stuff is just like. One of the other podcasts I listen to, one of their biggest gripes or stuff about like movies or games or shows and stuff is like there's a situation that you can literally, instead of going to the extreme, just talk it out and fucking leave. Yeah. Right? Like you don't have to kill somebody. You don't have to try to take over the world. Just just talk that shit out or leave. I'm, I don't know. All right. Next my brain on, still hurts. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Yours and mine both. Um. Next up on the list is, it's actually a pretty famous one, uh, Oscar uh, Pistorius. Oh, Tink Tink. Yeah. Bro, I was going to... Oh, Tink Tink. Oh, little Tink Tink. That yep. a bitch. <laughs> so, uh, at the 2012 Summer Olympic Games, Oscar Pistorius made history. He became the first amputee runner to compete at the Olympics. Although he did not win gold, he received tons of media attention for his achievement, being dubbed the Blade Runner. Less than a year later, he would make the news once again. 
The once professional South African sprinter shot and killed his model girlfriend, Reva Stenkamp, on February 14, 2013. Stenkamp was shot four times through a locked bathroom door in Pistorius's home. Uh, Pistorius claimed that he thought an intruder was in the house and didn't know that Stenkamp was in the bathroom. He said, I was simply trying to protect Reva. In 2016, Pistorius was sentenced to six years in prison by a South African judge. In 2017, the ruling was deemed too lenient, and he was then sentenced to 15 years by the Supreme Court of Appeal. Uh, Pistorius is being considered for parole pending a meeting with Stenkamp's parents. Yeah, this one was... At the time it happened, dude, it was all over, N- not only just the, you know, the CNNs, the Fox News and stuff like that. It was all over ESPN. It was all over any any sports radio show. I mean, I mean, this is, I mean, they talked about this a lot um, because he was, he was, he, I mean, he was like what you said. He was the Blade Runner. He was the first amputee runner to compete in the Olympics. Uh. You know, so he did have more notoriety than normal. And obviously, if, if someone has more notoriety or is more famous than just your average Joe, then, yeah, they're going to have a little bit more um, eyes on them in terms of the media. But a lot of times, and you know how the media is, one side will say he didn't do it. The other side will say that he planned it for years or whatever, you know, just depending on what side you want to listen to. Um, but I think, and this is just me personally, I think it's a situation of, you know, did he really try to protect Reva? Did he really think there was a um, intruder in the house, or is that the story he's sticking with? If that makes sense, that was a story he told. Like, they, I mean, there was a whole draw and everything. He pled guilty to it, pretty much. Yeah, you know, and they said that the six years was too lenient, so they lumped it to fifteen. Um, yeah, so they, they originally uh, delivered a verdict of not guilty of murder, but guilty of culpable homicide and reckless endangerment with a firearm. Uh, culpable on- homicide. Uh-huh. Explain that to me. Is this like you, when you accidentally kill somebody? Is that what uh, that um, is? So culpable homicide is a categorization of certain offenses in various jurisdictions with the, within the Commonwealth na- nations, which involves the illegal killing of a person either with or without an intent to kill, depending Man, on... It's manslaughter. Manslaughter, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they call it culpable homicide. In uh, South Africa? Well, uh, within the Commonwealth of the Nations. And okay. there's, there's 54 members uh, that are in the uh, Commonwealth of Nations. Okay. So. Uh, but, yeah, so that was on September 12th, uh, 2014. Uh, and then October 21st, 2014, he was sentenced to a maximum of five years in prison for culpable homicide with a concurrent three-year suspended prison sentence for reckless endangerment. He was released on parole 
October 19, 2015, after serving one-sixth of his sentence. However, the state appealed the conviction, and in December of 2015, the Supreme Court of Appeal overturned the conviction of for culpable homicide, finding him guilty for murder instead. And on July 6, 2016, uh, he was sentenced to six years in prison for murder. The state once again appealed, this time for a longer sentence, and the Supreme Court then imposed a sentence of 15 years with the time that he had already served uh, being mixed in with that. So he uh, only had to serve 13 years, five months, uh, and he is currently up for parole now. You think he'll get it? I mean, he already got it once. That's true. But then again, if he gets paroled, what's stopping the uh, Court of Appeals to jump in or have another ruling saying something else? You know what I mean? Um, like, oh, he's a danger to society or, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, they have to, to prove without a reasonable doubt that he's a danger to society and will murder again. Right. I don't think, I mean, like what, like what we said, I mean, if it was an accident, then obviously, yeah, I mean, he didn't mean for that to, he didn't mean for it to happen. And oh, I mean, could you imagine that? Like you accidentally killing somebody you love? That's like, I couldn't even imagine it. Yeah. But if I'm not mistaken, like I, I remember watching like some of the trial and everything, he didn't even look like he had any amount of remorse like he was upset or anything. No, he didn't. And uh, not only that, like he shot through the door instead of using his his metallic legs to break open a door. First off, and if somebody was attacking the house, why would they lock themselves in the bathroom? Right. <clears throat> yeah. And I mean. Wouldn't it be just been easy for, like, her to scream out, "Hey, it's me, it's Reva." I'm right. pretty sure she did say that until you know she got killed. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. All right. But yeah, yeah. Let's uh, move on to the next one. Rod, you got it. Um. Yeah. I guess. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do that? <laughs> Read the damn Man, blurb. He shit. kills me. He kills me every time he says that shit. <laughs> I mean, I've, uh, I've been, I, I was over it like 50 episodes ago. Just keep going, dude. <laughs> I don't do it to bother you. I just do it to do it. <laughs> uh, next on the list is James Carter II. Um, in January of 2009, Tiana Notice filled a restraining order against ex-boyfriend James Carter II. She had asked the police to enforce the restraining order after being contacted by Carter on several occasions. The cops did not take her request seriously, and nothing was done. Carter again violated the restraining order on Valentine's Day of 2009, catching notice outside her apartment and stabbing her 20 times. She died, Shit. She died two hours after the stabbing. In 2012, Carter was sentenced to 60 years in prison and will be, and will be eligible for parole after serving 25. He did not attend the sentencing hearing, notice his family created a foundation in her name to help bring light to domestic violence. They have since been pushing the stricter laws on most violent in their state. Is this What's... one of those? 
uh, it's just one of those things where the cops don't take restraining order, like stalking seriously. Like that's some of the worst, like laws out there right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, she says she needs help, you know, and it's like, you know, you are supposed to protect and serve. And I know you can't go and stay outside the house and watch, watch them 24 seven. Like, I understand that. Why can't but they stay a single police officer outside her house? She's already complained twice that this dude won't leave her the fuck alone. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I'm just saying, I mean, does the police have the manpower to do so is my question. How many other people are going through the same situation that she's going through as well? And then what if what if a situation happens where they have to leave? Now she's not protected anymore. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's... I was just throwing it out there. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> that's what we do. We discuss. But, but, that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, like, I mean, people, I mean, certain certain places are, you know, underfunded anyway, you know, so it's like, you know, they're way too busy to work. Um, but you know, I mean, the fact that, yeah, the, the, the restraining order wasn't taken seriously is the, is the first and foremost. And if that was the case, I mean, but, but here's my question and let me, and I'm just going to, I'm throwing this out here. Let's just say she did file the restraining order and the police did take it seriously. Would it have made a difference from the standpoint that he would probably still try to get to her anyway and violate the restraining order? Yeah, but if you restrain your, your restraining order, you actually do go to jail. Yeah. I mean, not if I mean you violate a restraining order, but if the cops aren't there, I mean he can still even I mean hell, whether it's whether she had the restraining order or didn't have the restraining order, I mean he still killed her. So what difference would it make if she had it or not? He was either gonna not violate the restraining order and kill her or violate the restraining order and still kill her. You know what I'm saying? Is, like, the thing is, he violated it multiple times and nothing was done, which gave him even more comfort of being able to just to walk up to her and kill her. No. Because he knew nothing was going to happen. Which is bullshit. So, exactly. you're right. Shit should have been done. Only got 60 years, though. And... Yeah, no. You stab somebody twenty times. You, no, fuck you. You're you're gonna rot under the prison. Fuck you. You know. I don't. No. See, <clears throat> I'm gonna catch a lot of heat for this, but I believe in cruel and unusual punishment. This he stabbed this lady twenty times. Somebody should have turned around and stabbed his ass twenty fucking times. This is what it feels like. You know. Fuck it. Do forty. Double down on it. You know. Well, what's that old, uh, what's that old, uh, 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 torture technique that they used to use over in the Far East? They, uh, thousand like, cuts. Yeah, the thousand cuts. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that would suck. <laughs> uh, it does say that state lawmakers in Connecticut have since, uh, passed a law that tracks high risk domestic violence offenders via GPS. But mm. I mean, too little too late now at least hopefully it won't happen to somebody else there right all right so let's move on to the next one the next one is demarcus little uh hey i wonder if he was little or not uh he's pretty short in the video i'm watching he looks like he is (laughs) yeah he looks like he is um 
I don't know how to say this lady's name. Anitra, I want to say that's how it's in the, yeah. That's Anitra, it like. yeah. Anitra Gunn, a senior at Fort Valley State University, went missing on Valentine's Day of 2020. Which is, this is very recent. Her friends and family became worried when they could not reach her the next day, and a search ensued. Gunn's body was found four days later in a wooded area. An autopsy revealed her death was ruled a homicide. She was believed to have been strangled sometime between 2.30 a.m. and 11.59 p.m. on February 14th. Gunn's boyfriend, Demarcus Little, was the prime suspect. The police arrested him on vandalism charges that stemmed from a February 5th report Gunn had made. The report claimed that her car tires had been slashed and a house window had been broken. DeMarcus Little was later charged with malice murder for her strangulation. Little has yet to be convicted or sentenced. So this is still ongoing. Well, yeah, I'm exactly. going to assume, yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, this is still ongoing, you know, Valentine's Day 2020 and this was right before the start of the pandemic. So a lot of trials and, you know, cases and things like that have been pushed back, you know. Um, but now that we are in 2022 and things have, you know, lessened, you know, as far as the COVID situation, you know, more um, more, you know, cases are, you know, being brought to the courts and things of that nature. And maybe uh, a trainer can get some some justice in this case. How do you guys feel about this one? Bro, this was actually pretty close to us. This was in Crawford County, Georgia. What? Yeah. Holy I'm, I'm, I'm reading How? a news article about it, WGXA.TV, uh, and it, it was Crawford County, Georgia. Holy shit. I did, wow. That is that, very close. Oh. Uh, what the other thing I find interesting about this is the lady who was murdered, uh, Anitra Gunn, uh, <clears throat> the Georgia Bureau of Investigation special agent, her name yeah. is Kristen Gunn. No relation, but they have the exact same last name, spelled the same name, the same way, and everything. That is That's crazy. Weird. Mm -hmm. No relation, though. I mean, that's not a common name. G-U-N-N. -N. Yeah. So. Uh, that's crazy. But no, I mean, if, if he did do this, uh, he needs to be put in prison. Yeah. Well, I mean, he on slasher tires... Broke out a window. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Probably spray painted graffiti on the wall or something. Hey, that wasn't reported. I'm just throwing it out there. That's very right. assumptuous. <clears throat> it also says that uh, a friend of DeMarcus Little was charged with helping hide her body. Ah, an accomplice. Accessory after the fact. Yeah, I was like, this is an accessory, but yeah. I'm sorry to say this. I know boys are supposed to be boys and, you know, be there for each other 100, but somebody called me up like, hey, I don't kill this girl. I need help burying her body. I'm like, bro, who is it? I don't, I don't know you. You ain't in my phone. Who is? Who, this who is. number? Lose my number, bitch. <laughs> I don't know like, you. New number. Who this? 
Actually, you know, I'll be like, yeah, hold on, let's let's meet up, and then I'm calling the police. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're just dead. I'm dry uh, snitching off the rip. Nah, I'm not <laughs> yep. dry snitching. Bro, I'm not even dry snitching. I, I'm calling 911 be like, hey. Um, I did your jobs <laughs> for you. Here's the meetup point. <laughs> yep. I'll be like, hey, hey my, my homeboy Roger, he just murdered somebody. I'm supposed to meet him at one two three abc avenue in 45 minutes to help hide the body um i'm gonna need y'all to go pick him up uh i mean you can tell him i sent you or you don't have to it doesn't matter this can be anonymous uh but yeah I, I'm not but yeah he gonna know who did it though he gonna know who did it though anonymous i you're the only one i told motherfucker well you know Oh, you told the wrong motherfucker about that. That's right. <laughs> but 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 that that at that at that point though, you can't say nothing about the Takashi for snitching. Cause he snitched. We gonna if you gonna snitch, you can't really, you know. Yeah, but Takashi took part of it. He knew and hid it until he had to give it away. If you tell me at nine thirty p.m. you don't kill somebody, you help bury it. At nine thirty-five, I'm calling the police. I, yeah, I'm not waiting, sitting on that shit. Mm, I'm not sitting for years. Mm-mm. So you wait until after you. So you. So you gonna wait before you're an accessory after the fact? No, uh-huh. I'm like, I like my plan was to make this meetup and then call the police for the meetup. That's what I'm saying. Before it, before you even become implemented in anything, you're like, nope, I'm not gonna get involved in this bullshit. I'm calling the cops. Yep, for sure, bro. I'm sorry, I got too much to live for. You you my boy and all, but I mean, you murder somebody, that's on you. That's your new you, you. You did that. You planned that out. How the fuck did this turn around on me? I ain't gonna <laughs> to murder nobody. I wasn't. Trust me. Trust me. If there's been. anybody in this group that would get murdered, it would end up being me. No, no, probably me. I'm brown in the south. Oh, now who's making assumptions? That's not an assumption. <laughs> I live this life. <laughs> yeah, he got a point. <laughs> I mean, he he's brown and he lives in the state of Tennessee. I've had people literally drive slow at me at the grocery store with the family. Mm-hmm. I love you, though, bro. All right, come on. All right, let's finish up the next one. Uh, who's got it, Chip? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why'd you laugh? <laughs> he just, he was like he was quick. All right, let's finish up the next one. <laughs> he was quick to change that subject. <laughs> that's why. That's why I love y'all. <laughs> uh, next up, we're gonna talk about man. Just look at this dude's picture. He looked like a serial killer. He like I did it. <laughs> the fuck you go yeah i did it does he not i mean he, yeah. he no he do though his his eyes straight up say i don't fucking like i don't like fuck you. with you <laughs> i don't fuck with you <laughs> and this is from cold-blooded cases um is that rob uh i don't know what that is but no 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 no, no, no. Hang, hey, well, hang on hang on hey all when i see his face all i hear is Bitch, I ain't fucking with you. You? <laughs> Apparently not, cause uh, <laughs> no, it's a Von Shay. Um, oh, it's a Von. It's a Von C. Uh, video. Okay. Oh, what? Von C. Uh, they do a lot of uh, like 
cold case files and like serial killers and murders and stuff like that. Uh, all right. I watch weird shit on YouTube. <laughs> Let me know. I do too, but <laughs> I don't really remember who put the video together and all that though. I don't know. Like for me, like if I know if if I watch a video by somebody, it's like, huh? I wonder what I wonder what other content they have that's similar to this. And you go through. That's how I found out about uh, um. God, who was it? Rob Dyke. Uh, he did a video with Matthew Santoro. That's not his name anymore. And... Say what now? He had to change his name. His last name. Oh yeah, that's right. He had to change his name. Um, but uh, but not watching his videos, and I was like, oh man, that's a that's pretty cool because he did. That's when I first learned about the, the top ten videos. His last name. Because Dyke's not his real last name, and it's also an offensive last name. <laughs> Okay, I mean, because I I don't know this dude or anything like that. He makes uh, some really good killer. Dude, he makes he makes stuff. He okay. he's got a series called Twisted Tens, dude, and it is kind of similar to what we do in a sense. Um, only his is more video form, and it's it's very very well produced. Well, um, now that you have a, a webcam, we can start doing more video form stuff. Yes, sir. yes, uh, absolutely. Do we have to be on video though? I'm joking. I'm joking. We'll get your fade fixed, and we ain't got to worry about it. Whoa, that's very essential. What do you think you got a fade for? Huh? Am I lying? Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't have that. Say what? I got a Caesar. Oh my god! I see. I don't. See y'all trying to make see see y'all trying see y'all trying to flip this around on me like I'm a horrible person. Stop. <laughs> or no, not? Stop. <laughs> Bro, you should have got a fat back. <laughs> I won't get that big eraser head uh, flat. Kid and play. You can do the kid and play thing. But I'm not going to angle yeah. it. I'm going to just do it straight up like Gerald from here on. Bruh. That's what you need to do. All right. Bruh. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, Nathan Luthold. It sounds like a wrestler. It does. Uh, so Nathan Luthold, a former missionary and resident of the state of Illinois, was sentenced to 80 years in prison for the murder of his wife, Denise. According to prosecutors, Nathan schemed a plan to cover up his wife's murder by making the scene look like a burglary gone wrong. However, due to a too neat crime scene and odd behavior, Nathan was quickly the prime suspect in the February 14th, 2013 murder. Prosecutors alleged that Nathan had planned to kill his wife to be with his mistress, 21-year-old uh, Ina Dobilate? I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Dobilate was uh, Nathan, Lithuanian. Uh, a Lithuanian exchange student the couple was hosting. Uh, the state's attorney labeled the murder a Valentine's Day present from uh, Luthold to Dobilate. He claimed that the previous internet searches, such as how to silence a 40 caliber clock, prove the murder was premeditated. Both uh, Luthold and Dobilate have denied any romantic connection. This homie literally looked up how to silence a Glock. Bruh. You know how you silence a Glock? You don't shoot it. I mean, and if you're going to shoot it, put a potato over that motherfucker. Put a pillow. <laughs> So you can smother right, them, I, and right before they die, you shoot them. All right, see, I was going to say that shit, but I didn't want to get no hell for it. What, pillow? <laughs> no, potato. Uh, 
I mean, uh, it was whatever. <laughs> uh, what does that mean? Uh, you want me to get shit for it? <laughs> just, just, just say it. <laughs> uh, no, it reminded me of the damn. Um, it, that reminded me when you said potato. That reminded me of. Uh, uh, Shotgun Shug's verse, I think it was against Ab. He was like, when you was putting uh, the nose on Mr. Potato Head, I was trying to put a potato on the nose or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Never mind. Oh, uh, Shotgun Shug, uh, mid tier rapper, everybody hyped up. Yep. Uh, so <clears throat> I-, I found a website called Macabre at Midnight. Uh, that sounds like a podcast. <laughs> It could be. Uh, I don't know if they have a podcast or not. This is just from the website. Uh, and it talks about the uh, the murder of uh, Denise Lutold by her husband, Nathan. Uh, it says it's Valentine's Day. And as such, our story takes place on Valentine's Day. I'm sure we are familiar with the infamous Valentine's Day massacre that took place in 1912. Uh, whatever. We don't care about that. Uh, <laughs> Well, watch not yet. Be, watch that be on the list. <laughs> right? Um, so, uh, Nathan was often described as a good person, but that persona was ripped to shreds when he decided to kill his wife. Nathan and his wife, Denise, were very active in their Lithuanian-oriented church, and before they had children, would often travel the world doing missionary work. They also brought Lithuanian women who had escaped abusive relationships to the U.S. to help them live a better life. Super on, sus. Uh, yeah. So on this day, they began. It just it began just like any other. They had their Valentine tradition that morning. Nathan woke the kids up, got them bathed and ready, while Denise made breakfast for the family. <clears throat> After they were ready, the kids were allowed to enjoy Valentine's treats, and Nathan surprised Denise with chocolate and flowers. Uh, after breakfast, the kids were taking school. Nathan headed to church while Denise stayed home. But in 2013, things went away. Nathan didn't go to church. While it was, uh, it has never been shared what exactly Nathan did that day leading up to the major events. Here's what we have learned. Uh, he drove Denise's car to a park where, as he told the police, he often visited and tossed the keys into a trash can. He returned home after he knew that everybody except his wife would be gone for the day and murdered her. He ransacked the house, even taking things out of the house, including two guns and broke one of the windows to make it look as if somebody had broken in. He opened the garage door and then left. Uh, We don't know where he went, though. Later on, Janelle's daycare called Nathan to tell him Denise had not come to pick her up. Uh, Janelle being the daughter. Nathan then phoned his in-laws to see if they'd heard from Denise, and they told him that she hadn't answered her phone and offered to pick up Janelle. Nathan said he could do it. He picked up Janelle and went to their home to check on Denise. This is when he called 911. It was around 3.15 p.m. when he calmly called the police and said as he got to the house, his daughter stated that it looked like somebody had broken in. He said that a window had been broken and the garbage or the garage door was left open. He told them that he wouldn't go inside. Uh, at no point during the nine one one call did his voice did he voice concern about his wife. 
Once police arrived and secured the property, Nathan went inside, but only went into the areas where his wife's body was not. Police at first believed that there had been a robbery because electronics had been removed and how everything had been thrown about. This was when Nathan told them that he owned three guns, two of which were missing, a 22 caliber Beretta and a 40 caliber Glock, the same gun that he had used to kill his wife. During their investigation, police decided to look in the trunk of Nathan's car. This was likely after they discovered the body and started to suspect that he might be involved. Inside, they discovered foreign currency, different security box keys, and multiple fake passports. After they checked his phone, they found that he had texted a woman named uh, Aina about being robbed, and she had responded with, Interesting, smiley face. What? What? Mm-hmm. She said, Oh, yeah, you weren't romantically involved. Yeah. Uh, that served as enough evidence to bring Nathan in for questioning. Once they had him in the interrogation room, they told him that his wife had been killed by a gunshot to the head. Nathan didn't even try to feign interest in this news, nor was he the least bit surprised. After a six-hour-long interrogation, Nathan was charged with first-degree murder. Hmm. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So. Man, white people. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna get some heat for this episode. <laughs> also, like this goes back to, like, what? If he didn't want to be with her and he wanted to be with the uh, the Lithuanian chick. Why didn't he just leave her? Alimony, bro. I guess. I don't know. I don't know any other reason why. I mean, like, if I kill her, maybe I get the insurance money or something, you know, but I don't know. Bro, I don't know. Like, it's just stupid. Like, people try to cover up these murders. This is 2022. I mean, not when this happened, but it's 2022. Bro, you ain't getting away with shit. Nope. No, like you got so many forensic, you know, scientists that can just, you know, what I mean, like, like, I mean, you could, they could probably, you know, you can sneeze in front of them and they can tell you every germ that's in your body They you can, they, they can look at your bones and they can tell us what a, they can tell that you had a knee replacement surgery or whatever. They can tell, Hey, this little bump on your uh, tibula. Uh, was from a, a bike accident when he was 12 years old or something. I'm paraphrasing. I watched way too many episodes of Bones. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we live in a day and age now where medical, you know, technology has advanced to the point to where it's like, you know, shit can easily be figured out and not, not also with forensics and different things like that. Like, they can they can, they can tell just by, um, ah, shit, it's going to, it's going to piss me off if I can't remember what it is. The, um, like you could tell where someone's from based on, um, there a certain chemical that's in their body or something like that. I, I can't, I can't remember what exactly what it was. Strontium level. That's what it is. Um, do you check the strontium levels in your blood and stuff? It can tell like where you from, where you're from geographically. Uh, it's, it's weird the way that it is. If you go through uh, forensic anthropology and things of that nature. 
right. It's way I mean, I thought it was interesting. I mean, <laughs> it is. It's just way smarter than me. <laughs> it's just something I don't really care about. I mean, it's cool and all, but then it gets down to like stuff that I'm just like, yeah, how do we know this to be true, though? So there's still a level of skepticism. You can tell where I'm from from my from something in my blood. You fucking I mean, Dracula. You said it. <laughs> he didn't say he was drinking the blood. <laughs> I know. Where did Dracula come from? How you gonna tell where I'm from from just something from a random thing in my blood? It's strontium. I don't fucking know. I didn't come up with the shit. Strontium sounds like something from a Marvel comic. No, that might be where they got the name from. I mean, hold on. You know what? I'm gonna Google this shit. Wait. <laughs> How do y'all spell strontium? I don't, you don't want to spell This is your pseudoscience. Pseudoscience. All right. Oh, okay. I spelled it wrong. Okay, hold on a second. Okay, it says. Hold on a second. Nope. Nope, what? Nope. <laughs> Is it not real? No, I tried to spell... St- <laughs> so stupid. I tried to spell strontium. It said, did you mean scrotum? No, I didn't mean scrotum. Are you sure? Shut up. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's uh, S-T-R-O-N-T-I-U-M. Strontium. Can you spell that one more time? Because I didn't get that last couple ones. <laughs> S T R O I got I got I got S T R O M N. Okay, S T R N. Okay. T T I U M Strontium. It's a silvery metal found naturally as a non radioactive element. About ninety percent of the strontium in the human body is concentrated in the bones. People use strontium for conditions such as tooth sensitivity, weak and brittle bones, osteosporosis. Other thing in other things, so yeah. yeah, so I didn't make it up, Roger. Yeah, but you can't tell where somebody's from from the levels in your blood. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they use something called geographic signature, which is how is people that, is that like GPS? Yeah, you GPS in my bloodline, motherfucker. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's continue. Let's go. You got the next one, Raj. Okay. So the next one on the list, uh, number three is Stacy Shok. Shoik. Sure. On February 14th, 2010, Richard Shok drove to the park to meet his wife and exchange Valentine's Day gift. When his wife Stacy arrived at the park, she found Richard shot to death outside of his truck. What seemed to be a random act of violence was proven to be a murder-for-hire plot only three short months later. What? So Stacy Shoke had paid personal trainer Reginald Coleman ten grand to murder her husband. Uh, Coleman and Shoke have received licenses for the murder. Uh, Lenitra Ross, a co-worker of Stacey Shoke, when it was Shoke to Coleman, also received a license for her role in the mark. What? What? So, I wonder who Lenitra Ross has killed. I don't know. But, uh, interesting fact is, uh... Guilty by association. This I mean... Person, 
this lady uh, paid to have her husband murdered. This was her fifth husband. How many more is she? Murdered? What happened to the other four? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, uh, this also happened in Atlanta. Uh, of course, Atlanta, so close to us. I mean, it's closer to you than it is me, bro. That's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm the, only, I'm the only one who lives in Georgia. <laughs> you trying to claim that set? Mm-mm. Nah, I'm chat town all day. I ain't worried about that. All right, let's keep going. What? Um, so, okay, here's my here's just what it is. What I'm confused about, like Coleman, I get. Richard Shock, like I get. But I'm like y'all. What did, uh, uh, what did this, uh, yeah? How did she figure? Because she introduced them. Yeah, so she's guilty by association, like you said. Uh, that just, but still, that doesn't like. I'm pretty sure she had no idea that it was gonna happen, <sighs> unless, unless, uh, Richard said, "Hey, do you know somebody who can who I can hire for murder or something?" You know, you and know, then you she, know, some- you know. You know somebody can bury bodies for me real quick. <laughs> right? That's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, damn. It, uh, in this article that I'm reading on uh, murderpedia.org. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it That's says, a real thing. <laughs> it is. Uh, it says that Lenitra Ross and Stacy Showick knew each other through work, and it was uh, Ross who would serve as the go-between, police said. Ross bought, brought Reginald Coleman, the believed trigger man, into the mix. Oh, then that makes sense for her to be. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. God, it's crazy. That's crazy. She was the relay girl. Yeah, and it says, in order to spare her own life, Stacy Showick agreed to testify against both Ross and Coleman. Uh, Ross never expect, ex, accepted responsibility for, for her role in the killing, but was sentenced in August to life in prison without the possibility of parole. In November, Coleman pleaded guilty and got the same punishment as Ross. The following month, Stacy Showick pleaded guilty as the third member of a trio of convicted murderers. She was also sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Hmm. I mean, they did it, so mm-hmm. go, go fuck yourself. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to this next one. Uh, the next one is actually a duo. At number two, Anthony Williams and Kareem Brock. On February fourteenth, nineteen ninety six. Anthony Williams and Kareem Brock disguised themselves in women's clothing and entered a 7-Eleven to rob the store. Sarah, I'm going to butcher this last name, please forgive me, Kinijad, Kinijad, a 19-year-old woman was sitting in the store waiting for her husband. She was shot and later died at the University Medical Center. She was also six months pregnant. The murder of her went unsolved until July twenty third, twenty twenty. Both Good men Lord. have, ne- yeah, 
Both men have now been formally charged with her murder as well as manslaughter for the killing of the unborn child. Mm. Damn. So this guy goes to the 7-Eleven to pick up his wife who has who is six months pregnant with, with, with their child. And he lost his wife and his unborn child on the same day. Yeah. Like that's that's a sad thing dude yeah it says that uh after she saw the report in local news and recognized the men she and williams discussed the shooting uh this is uh williams anthony williams girlfriend um and williams girlfriend said that he told police that uh he was part of the donna street crips gang uh, Williams' girlfriend learned Williams and Brock had planned to find and rob some drug dealers, but when they couldn't find any drug dealers, they changed their plan to robbing a 7-Eleven instead. Mm. Damn. But this one legit breaks my heart, man. Like the fact that, you know, golly. Roger, what are you, what are you thinking? I mean, it's just, it took him 24 years to find these dudes. Mm-hmm. And, yep. I mean, it's just a fucking stupid reason. Oh, we just, we were trying to find some drug dealers to rob. Yeah. Uh, it so says let's kill they, this pregnant lady. Yep. Uh, it says they left the store, the 7-Eleven, with $50. 50. Oh, my Dollars. 50 fucking dollars man uh, yeah yeah uh it says that uh police write in the report that video showed williams and brock walking toward the door after the cashier uh keen jad's fiance had wiped the register for prints when brock turned around without breaking his stride raising the gun in his hand and fired one single round the girlfriend told police that Williams said Brock shot Keena Jad because he thought she was trying to look at his face. Damn. That that's somebody had well, it... somebody died because these two guys wanted to be fucking stupid and rob a fucking seven eleven. Uh both Williams and Brock uh, have a criminal history dating back to 91. Brock served two years in prison after he shot a man three times in the back in May of 96 during an attempted robbery according to court records. Williams convictions include battery with a deadly weapon, felon in possession of a firearm, burglary, and discharging discharging a firearm into a structure or vehicle. Uh, this Brock is a bitch is, made. Yeah. Say uh, what now? So this dude is a bitch made. Yeah, this, yeah, this article is from the Las Vegas Review Journal uh, from August of 2020. So it's a fairly recent article. Um, it says that Brock is being held without bail and expected in court Wednesday. Uh, Williams is being held without bail and is due in court September 2nd. Uh, this is of 2020. So there, yeah. I, there's... I don't see anything more up to date. Uh, 
so. All right. Yeah. Fuck these dudes. Fuck these dudes. Mm. Yeah, let's move on to the last one of the night. <sighs> yep. Uh, last one we're going to talk about is uh, Glenn McCurley. So in 1974, Carla Walker, a high school senior, was taken from her boyfriend's car after a Valentine's Day dance. Her boyfriend was hit in the head and knocked unconscious while Carla was abducted. Her body was found in the ditch three days later. Walker had suffered two days of torture before meeting her untimely death. While the authorities had named persons of interest, no charges were ever made in Walker's murder and the case went cold. In 2020, authorities were able to breathe life into the cold case. Previously, only a partial match of the suspect's DNA was available. With new technology, investigators were able to build a full DNA profile of the suspect. This new evidence allowed investigators to match DNA to one of their previous persons of interest, Glenn McCurley. Now 77, McCurley was officially charged with the capital murder murder of Carla Walker. During his trial, McCarley changed his not guilty plea to guilty, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Walker's family hoped justice would be served, but had also forgiven McCurley. They said they are praying for his family. No, fuck that. Yeah. Damn, now they can read that. See, it must be that strontium. They rebuild DNA now. <laughs> uh, so You ain't never uh, going to let me live that down now, are you? No. I just think that's weird that they, like, I understand how we can advance a lot, but, like, restructuring DNA from partial DNA without a full, like, a full sample of something, like, that just, that's how people get caught up in the system as innocent people. Yep. Uh, so in a, a news article from August 24th, 2021, uh, it says after maintaining his innocence for 40 years, the man accused of kidnapping and killing 17 year old Weston high school senior Carla Walker in 1974 raved his right to a jury trial and changed his plea to guilty. Uh, about 8.40 a.m., 78-year-old Glenn Samuel McCurley entered Judge Elizabeth Beach's Tangerant County courtroom, was sworn in, and soon after changed his plea from not guilty to guilty. Beach began the third day of the trial by saying she had received a document in which McCurley had confessed to Walker's kidnapping and murder. She asked McCurley if he understood that he had a right to proceed with the jury trial but that by signing the agreement, he was waiving his right to the trial and was proceeding with a guilty plea. He responded to the judge that he was guilty and was immediately sentenced to life in prison and the trial was concluded. Following McCurley's plea change, the victim's sister told McCurley during a victim's impact statement that he should have confessed his guilt sooner and that he'd put her family through hell. Uh, he said... Um, I wished, or she said, I wish you'd done this a long time ago. I spent 17 years in the same bedroom with my sister. I knew her. She was four foot 11, 100 pounds. You had choices, lots of choices that night. 
you went out to kill somebody. You kept saying in your confession that that wasn't you. It just wasn't you. No, that's you. Stone invited McCurley to write her a letter and come completely clean about the night. She also asked that he confess to any other potential crimes. I want to know if you've done this to anybody else. You need to bring that out because those families need to know as well. <clears throat> you have nothing to lose at this point. There is indeed another victim in this case. Walker's boyfriend, Rodney McCoy, was her, was with her when she was pulled from the car. It's been 47 years. I had a cloud of su suspicion on me for all those years. That's torment, said McCoy following the trial. Despite being pistol-whipped unconscious, McCoy still carries guilt that he wasn't able to do more. I just felt like I met, let Mr. Walker down. He said, his little flower, take care of my little flower. Walker's brother, Jim Walker, also spoke directly to McCurley and said he has managed to forgive his sister's killer. This is a time of healing. It's funny to say that after almost 50 years, isn't it? He said after the trial, what we witnessed is a lot of feelings in that courtroom. And now it's time to move forward and hopefully be able to help other families. The Walker family plans to help other families impacted by cold cases by uh, raising funding to send evidence to be tested. Wow. See, I, I don't know if I'm strong enough to forgive somebody for killing someone that I love. Like, I mean, good for them if they're able to do that, but I, I don't know if I could, you know. Yeah. And, and maybe that's just me, I, you know. It says, during testimony, uh, McCurley seemingly confessed to the crime. Much of the audio in the video interrogation is difficult to hear, but McCurley can eventually be heard stating, I don't know. I guess I choked her to death. You guess you... Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. After denying raping and strangling the teen to death, McCurley let out a sob and confessed to both by the end of the interview. And fuck this dude. Fuck this dude. I mean, he almost got away with it. Almost. Almost. Roger, what's your feelings on this one? Uh, I'm not trying to give this dude no more time of the day, so. I mean, it's just, I mean, that's super, like, he's a piece of shit, obviously. What he did was super shitty, ruined multiple lives, didn't give a shit until he got caught. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. But normally would be the part where I, I would ask you guys of the 10 that we've talked about what seemed to be the most interesting. But in something like this, I don't think any of these are interesting. I'm glad all of these people uh, have been caught in uh, are in prison for the wrongdoings that they have done. Yeah, exactly. You know, every single one on this list who, you know, are in jail or will possibly be in jail. I know that there's two on the list uh, uh, who have yet to go to trial. They're still waiting on court dates and things of that nature. Uh, but yeah, um, 
kind of a somber thing uh, to talk about, but you know, you you know, people do enjoy the uh, the content that we create as far as the uh, a little bit of some of the creepy stuff and a lot of true crime stuff, and you know, which is going to lead into the next series that we're going to be talking about um, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, don't know if you guys want to go ahead and throw that out there or not, but we can wait if you want to keep it a surprise. Um, that being said, though, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into this episode of Movement Radio. Hope you guys all enjoyed that episode and have a great Valentine's Day. You know, love one another, you know, and, you know, enjoy the time that you get to spend with the person that you love. Uh, anything you guys want to say before we bounce out here tonight? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio anything from you raj uh no <laughs> okay a couple of quick shout outs shout out to sean thompson at thompson personal training shout out to uh, jerry and jennifer at the chronic conversations podcast andrew and sean at the warrior workout network twitch.tv slash unleash demon ivan montanez should i watch that with sean miller uh yeah it's been uh pretty good we got a lot of cool things coming up um we are going to uh if i'm not mistaken and you guys correct me if i'm wrong um, uh, I'm trying to remember what we had coming up. I know we have, uh, did you want to, did you want to tell them how we're going to restructure some of the shows, Chip? You said something about, uh, doing, uh, a rock retrospective in a different way. Did you want to maybe include that here or you want to uh, wait can. for the poll uh, or uh, we can, uh, we, we've discussed, uh, restructuring the way that we do our rock retrospect retrospectives, uh and to align it more with the way we do our rap rewind series so instead of just putting a band on the pole for the rock retrospective we're going to put a band and a particular album by that band um so you'll be able to choose from three artists and three albums uh on who we're going to do our next retro rock retrospective on um the last poll uh blink 182 one and uh we that has been in the pipeline in the works uh and everything and uh, you know life happens and things got rearranged and reworked and everything uh so we're gonna redo that poll and um put just you know one album from blink 182 on the pole versus you know two other bands and particular album uh and then go from there right um the other show that we're uh we're just we're in the midst of discussing uh roger did you do you want to uh tell them or do you do you want to wait until we surprise them with it what do you want to do with it i'd rather wait until we actually work on it first <laughs> okay all right yeah, that's cool yeah, we've got a little more research to do on that uh okay but you if you are a fan of, yeah but if you are a fan of true crime ladies and gentlemen you will like the the newest uh, series that we got coming up uh we got a couple of cool episodes coming up uh real real soon uh we, we have a pretty funny one coming up top 10 uh dumbest criminals uh that should be a pretty funny one we laughed it was funny hilarious um and uh, we got a couple of other cool ones. Uh, I think Roger won. I think Roger did a game show. I think 
we, it was, it, for, that was a fun episode too. Um, but yeah, just be on the lookout for those episodes. Be on the lookout for uh, everything. Thank you guys so much for getting us to 21,000 downloads. It has been a pleasure. Um, and uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And thank you guys for tuning into this episode. And we'll see you guys on, see you guys next week. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And once again, check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And Buzz Lightyear's original name is Larry, uh, Lunar Larry. Lunar Larry. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.